Greetings, everyone. This is Rico, and this is Treks in Sci-Fi, Podcast 578 for March 13th, 2016. And I'm back. Yes, I am back. Uh, had a rare skip week last week for the podcast since I had just gotten back from China for uh, a work trip for about a week, and I was pretty exhausted. <laughs> so I decided wisely ahead of time to skip uh, last week, not even a guest spot or anything like that, so I could... Uh, sleep and catch up on things and, you know, eat American food. <laughs> I'll tell you a little bit about my trip uh, on today's podcast. But um, today uh, is going to be a show about, I talk uh, briefly, usually most weeks about a little bit about TV, what I'm watching on TV, but I thought I'd go into it a little bit more detail, kind of give you uh, some more of the reasons why I like some of the shows that I'm watching currently on television. So this is going to be kind of an all-TV geek fest uh, sci-fi fantasy shows that I'm currently watching on television. Maybe slip in a couple that uh, recent shows that have aired that I enjoyed as well. So that's coming up. Uh, I'm also going to talk a little bit about this Star Trek Ultimate Voyage concert that I just went uh, last night to see with my younger son, Eric. Uh, this is the 50th anniversary orchestra musical tour that they're doing around various cities in the U.S. I think it's just basically U.S., Canada. And I think I scanned uh, the list of tour dates, and it looked like it's going to be in Paris, France later this year uh, as far as overseas spots, but not a lot of overseas spots that I see. So it was very good, and I'll talk more about that. And uh, But we'll open the show with a little trailer, which is mostly just Trek music. Uh, if you go to YouTube and just type in Star Trek The Ultimate Voyage trailer, you'll find this uh, little spot that they put up. Uh, actually, the, the data on this looks like they just put it up um, only about 10 days ago or so on in March, uh, March 4th, 2015. Oh, no, wait, sorry, 2015, so a year ago this went up. I know it's been uh, around for a few months showing. Chris has seen it. Uh, Kenny has seen it. Maybe a couple of others, I believe. So um, without any further ado, here's some music uh, to this Ultimate Voyage trailer uh, that I saw last night uh, down in Detroit. So I'll be back after this.
Live long and prosper. If you will, Mr. Sulu. Aye, sir. Okay, I'm back. Yeah, so there was uh, a bit of a uh, musical a trailer to the Ultimate Voyage concert. We'll start out talking about that uh, since I just played that for you. Then I'll talk a little bit about China, a couple other things, then we'll get into the main part of today's show. The, the This Ultimate Voyage uh, concert, it was about two hours long approximately, I'd say. Maybe about an hour, then an intermission, and then another hour. I think there was about 15 musical selections in each half of the show and basically it's put on this thing called cine concerts or cinema concerts something like that i suppose i could look at it i have a little program here <laughs> let's see what are the, it's called cine concerts one of the leading producers of live music performances performed with visual media known for its popular live to production symphonic concerts including the godfather gladiator breakfast at tiffany's and it's a wonderful life and of course now star trek for the 50th anniversary in 2016 so uh, they had the show in Detroit, uh, and it's, again, playing at a lot of cities. Just, again, you could search for uh, The Ultimate Voyage on Google and find it, Star Trek Ultimate Voyage. The, the Yeah, so it was at a, a place called the Fox Theater, which is a, a, a real nice theater. It has live performances uh, down in Detroit, uh, really close to some of the uh, sports uh, parks down there. And we saw it last night, went with my younger son, Eric, and the... It looks like the, according to the program, it's the Czech National Symphony Orchestra. I say that five times fast. His who played this, and basically what it is is there's a. Uh, I put up a couple of pictures on Facebook. There's a sort of a movie screen, a small sort of movie screen, and there's a nice little set that sort of looks like a, the Enterprise to a degree, uh, a bits of the hull kind of, and it lights up in different levels or different colors at different appropriate points during the show. And they just go through and have a video um, display going, like a movie kind of thing with some dialogue also. Uh, and you watch that and you hear them perform these different themes. Like the, um, they start out with the main title, the uh, motion picture theme by Jerry Goldsmith, of course, which was later also used uh, for the TNG opening theme song or music. And then went into main title from Star Trek Generations and then The Climb, which I, I, I really what I there's a few things I was really most impressed about this uh, show. One is, is they did a great job of blending the video with the, with the music and with all the different series and movies. It really they, they, they spread it out quite a bit. I think maybe they kind of used a little more TOS clips and things a bit and kind of focused a, a bit more on that. But of course, that's. Because of the 50th anniversary, I think, and the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, of course, started with TOS. But even that, I mean, there was quite a bit of TNG, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise in there as well. They all had a little bit uh, going on throughout the performance. Uh, and music from all different uh, shows, movies. They even threw in some stuff, of course, from the, the two recent J.J. Abrams movies, uh, both music and uh, some clips. And, and again, they... they they did kind of focus them on different like themes, like there'd be a theme about exploration or a theme about the Enterprise or a theme about taking risk, you know, and founding of the Federation 
or aliens was a theme. And then they would blend, they would pick a piece of music like the the Klingon uh, music from the Star Trek motion picture. They start off with Klingons, and that was kind of a Klingon bit, and then went into some other aliens. But they, it was really, really good. The sound quality was great in the in the place that we saw it at. Uh, the video was was well done. You could you could uh, you know easily see it from our seats. We had pretty good seats, sort of center center main floorish, maybe a little bit more back than center, but uh, from left to right center, I guess I should say. And uh, so there, yeah, like I said, there was about 14, 15 tracks in a brief intermission for maybe about fifteen minutes, and then they play the other uh, half. The uh, I got a nice little uh, program. You it gives you they give you a basic program for free, which just kind of lists the tracks and a little bit about the conductor and the orchestra. And then there's a you could buy there is of course you know these kind of things souvenirs like T-shirts and programs. But hey, uh, definitely if you like Star Trek, if you like Star Trek music, I can't recommend this enough. It was fantastic. I'd love to see it again. <laughs> I just checked the dates. And it doesn't look like there's anything playing too close to my house again. I was hoping for maybe Ohio or even another place in Michigan like Lansing. Uh, but I, I, I don't think there is one. It looks like Indiana's got some, Illinois. It's going to be in Chicago in a week or two. Uh, but, uh, yeah, really great stuff. Go see it if you get a chance. It's going to go to the West Coast uh, for, for some. Uh, I know there's some more dates in California. It's all over the place, the Northwest. Uh, it's down in Austin, Texas it also for the for the Anomaly ladies and friends. Uh, just all over the, the, the uh, U.S. and a little bit in Canada. And like I said, I think one date at least in, in Paris. So, uh, yeah, check it out out very good and a lot of fun great music and a great show all right so uh china let's talk you know and not not geeky exactly although i met my i saw one of my work buddies over there who's uh from europe who's a big trek and, and star wars fan he's actually going to star wars celebration in london later this year he keeps asking me if I could go, and I just I don't think it's going to work out. But I uh, so and I don't even know if there's tickets available. I don't think there's tickets available anymore, even for that. So um, I've kind of it, it, it's hard, you know. It it it's hard enough to go to these conventions without having to like have a hard time getting tickets, you know, like uh, San Diego Comic Con and uh, the Star Wars Celebration. That's kind of why I really enjoy going to Austin for Comic-Con there or going to Chicago, even Comic-Con. I keep thinking about maybe New York sometime, New York Comic-Con. But it's I, I just this this idea of having to sit at the inter- on the computer Internet at a certain date and time to grab tickets and because they just get sold out so quickly is just a pain to me. I just I just have a hard time doing that. I always it always slips by and I forget about it. Uh, and there's another nice Comic Con coming up in, in May again in Michigan. So, but um, yeah, I, I kind of segued off there. So China, yeah, I, I've been there now a couple times. I've been to Taiwan a few times in the in the past. This was the second time to China about two years ago. I had a trip there for work. It was a really busy week. Uh, it was very uh, tiring. I was not sleeping. I didn't sleep on the plane really over. Most nights I was only getting about four or five hours of sleep, so by the end of the week I was pretty beat. But it was fun. We uh, had some fun the last night, some interesting uh, food during the week, uh, and uh, I, I always enjoy going over to Asia. I, I think it's a it's a fascinating place. Uh, the people are always really nice, and I, I always enjoy it. 
and the uh, there's only a couple I guess kind of complaints I, I it's it's always I always forget and it's interesting to me that the the and and it's just I mean I was around the Shanghai area and a few other areas within China we went to a couple of customers a few hours away but boy there's a a lot of people love to smoke over there still I I, I don't know uh, what it is and and why people even do it these days even some younger people it's just ugh, I just uh just can't stand it and it it, it uh, I you know I try to just not say much it doesn't at least happen really at it at, at dinner but even in in hotels where they have quote unquote a, a non-smoking floor there are still other parts of the hotel where there's smoking so it just sort of seeps through the whole hotel so that's one kind of thing that's kind of a difficult and of course the 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 time change in the and the you just feel pretty much the whole week like you're kind of a little bit of a zombie so uh, and I, and I and you kind of <laughs> look like it hard thing about this trip is Lynn Lynn was out of town when when I got back and I I uh even though I had been up for a long time, uh, you know, it's about a 14, 15 hour flight each way there, uh, a little bit, a little bit quicker coming back as you have a tailwind cause you, uh, are flying West to East. Uh, so, but I had to drive home from the airport, usually on long overseas trips. I'll usually have someone try to like, Lynn will take me to the airport and pick me up, but she was out of town. She was visiting our older son in Chicago. So I had to drive home and that was, that was a little hard when I got back last weekend. So, uh, but it's really cool. If you ever, you know, I always encourage, you know, if you get a chance, uh, to ever go and visit anything, uh, you know, outside the country, uh, or take any trips anywhere, whether it's work or pleasure or whatever, uh, you know, definitely do it. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing just on one planet, the variety of things that we, uh, that we have people and cultures and food, uh, they, uh, they, they do like to eat some interesting things. I try to, to give everything a little bit of a try and, uh, but I still enjoy coming back home and eating, uh, you know, more or less normal food. One of the things that I noticed when we're over there is in the U S at least you could have it's it, day to day, you know, one day you could have Chinese food. You could have Italian food one day, Mexican food, a, d- a different day. You know, we, I really like variety and mixing it up day to day for food, but every day you're over there, it's always, I mean, you could call it Chinese food, but it's a little bit different than the typical Chinese food you get in the U.S. Um, and it, it becomes after four or five days of that going out to dinner with people, it gets kind of old. It just becomes, okay, there's some vegetables, there's some meat, and it's all kind of the same to me after a while. But uh, although the last night we were there, we had a, a, a place where you sort of had these little skewers, like little shish kebab that you kind of cooked at your table with different meats and, and that. That was kind of different. Uh, they ca- they called it kind of a, I don't know, they kind of called it a barbecue, but I don't think it really was. So so anyway, that yeah, it was good. I took a bunch of pictures, put some up on Facebook. Uh, but if anybody ever, uh, you know, wants to know about going to China, you know, give me a, give me an email, treksf at gmail.com. I'll try to give you my, uh, my advice. Uh, the, uh, you know, all I can say is bring, make sure you bring some good headphones for the airplane rides too. And, uh, so you can kind of drown out the background noise going over. There were a couple of babies on the plane that were a little fussy coming back. Wasn't bad, but going over was, was they, they were not happy for a lot of the trip. So that, that becomes a little tiring. For uh, for people on on the plane and the parents, of course, too. There were it looked like this couple had twins actually, which was kind of surprising to very young twins they were taking on, on a long flight like that. 
So yeah, let me uh, let's stop that. I, I, we're already about 15, 16 minutes into the podcast. So let's get into the main topic. So I'm going to just go through some different TV series, talk a little bit about them, talk about what I like about them, uh, and try to get people, if you're not watching some of these, you know, try to get people to give it a shot. Uh, this is the day and age. You know, it's great because there's all different ways to catch up on television shows, especially, of course, Netflix, Amazon, and different ways to uh, to get caught up. So uh, without any further ado, here's uh, Rico's little uh, rundown of current sci-fi and fantasy shows that he enjoys. And I'll, I'll warn you, there's going to be a lot of comic book stuff uh, in this. So uh, let's do it. When I was a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth to protect my cousin. But my pod got knocked off course. And by the time I got here, my cousin had already grown up and become Superman. And so I hid my powers. Until recently, when an accident forced me to reveal myself to the world. To most people, I'm an assistant at CatCo Worldwide Media. But in secret, I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. Yeah, so that, of course, was the opening uh, little montage there from Supergirl on CBS. The show just started in the fall of 2015. We're about, I don't know, maybe... 14 episodes in, maybe, something like that. Uh, and stars Melissa Benoist. I think that's how you say her last name. Uh, she is Kara Danvers, or Kara, sorry. Did I say Kira? <laughs> that's a running joke on the show, by the way, which I'll talk about in a minute. But uh, Kara, with like a like the automobile, Kara Danvers. Uh, her boss, uh, her boss, Cat Grant, calls her Kira all the time. Uh, and uh, so uh, Melissa plays Kara uh, and, of course, Supergirl. You have a James Olsen played by, uh, I think he say it, Makad Brooks. Makad? Makad? I don't know. Uh, he was on, uh, I know him from uh, True Blood. He was on that show, at least. Kyler Lay, Lay, Lee is Alex Stanvers, Kara's uh, adoptive sister. Uh, we have Jeremy Jordan. He plays Winshot. Uh, he's kind of one of the others at CatCo. Who I'll, uh, I should have put a spoiler warning. Here's here's your spoiler warning for these shows. I'll give tiny spoilers if you haven't seen them. Uh, on Supergirl, for example, a few of these characters already know pretty quickly in the show that that um, Kara is Supergirl, which I think was a good move. I think that was a, a good way to play it. Uh, David Harewood is Hank Henshaw. He kind of runs the D. D-O-E, D-O-E, D-O-A, whatever it's called, D-O-A, <laughs> D-E-O, D-E-O, sorry. Calista Flockhart, who is really fantastic. You know, she's kind of goofy a little bit on the show. It comes off it that way at first, but there's a lot more to her character, and it's become more interesting. She's Cat Grant. She runs the uh, the publishing place that Kara uh, works at. Uh, we've got a few other. Max Lord, played by Peter Ficinelli. Uh, and Jenny, Jenna, sorry, Dewan Tatum, Lucy Lane, and, uh, you know, again, a few others. So this show, uh, let me give you a few things that I, that I really like about it. I think, uh, Melissa Benoist as, as Kara Supergirl is, is the best and, and brightest thing about the show. She's fantastic. She's, you know, she's a good actress, but she's really balancing the two characters real well. She shows a lot of emotion when needed. Uh, she's just, I don't know, there's just something about it that's super appealing uh, to watch on screen. She isn't the, um, 
uh, what should I say? She's 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 kind of small of stature. I read somebody else said this, uh, where they basically, uh, and and I think Christopher Reeve j- used to be able to do this too, uh, where, uh, you know, when when she's in her alter ego as just Kara, uh, uh, she doesn't look all that imposing. But for some reason, even though again she's not a very large woman. Uh, when she puts on that Supergirl outfit, you believe she's Supergirl. I mean, you really believe it. Like one of the best episodes so far that I really enjoyed a lot was an episode where she had um, she had lost her powers temporarily, and there was uh, a there was a really good scene where she has to stop because there's kind of a, a crisis going on in the city. I think there's a blackout or something. And people are kind of looting uh, places and, and robbing people. And she doesn't have her powers, but she puts on the outfit and goes and stops a guy who's holding up like a, at gunpoint a, a little party store kind of place. And, and just her her truthfulness and her earnestness, she's able to convince, uh, you know, uh, this guy to give her her gun. You know, even though she goes in there showing she's still like a true hero, even without her powers. And it's it's a really emotional scene. You know, Jimmy Olsen, James Olsen on the show, sorry. He says, you, you know, you can't go do that. You're not bulletproof right now. But she does it anyway. And, and it, it's a great scene. I even put it up on the, my Vimeo site, a little clip from that episode. But, yeah, this this has been, uh, to me, I think my favorite of, of any of the new shows this year. It's it just got a lot of heart. It, it, it's not completely serious all the time. There's a little fun fun and goofiness to it occasionally, but there's also serious too. It's it's a good balance. It's very much like The Flash, which I'm going to probably talk about next because I think it fits to talk about that right after this show. Uh, but, uh, you know, where they, they, they treat the subject seriously, but they do have a little fun with it too, and it's not super grim or anything like a Batman thing or like the other show which I also enjoy in the comic book vein, Arrow, which is which is a pretty dark, gritty, grim kind of show for the most part. It's a little, there's some fun in it too, but uh, so Supergirl, yeah, if you, again, have any interest at all in this kind of a show, there's a lot of people I think that maybe didn't start to watch this, but I, I, I really urge you, give it a shot. Watch, watch, do what I do. Watch at least three, three episodes or so, maybe four episodes. I think the first, uh, you know, once you get into three or four episodes into the show, you'll you'll say, "Hey, wow, that's that's really good. I like it. Uh, the characters are are great to watch and real interesting, and it's just it's just really one of the best comic book type shows on the air. I feel so. Uh, so yeah, there you go on CBS uh, Monday nights, at least in the U.S. Uh, your your stations and times may vary. So let's do another one here. My name is Barry Allen. And I am the fastest man alive. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary forensic scientist. But secretly, with the help of my friends at Star Labs, I fight crime and find other metahumans like me. I hunted down the man who killed my mother, but in doing so, I opened up our world to new threats. And I am the only one fast enough to stop them. I am the Flash. Okay, The Flash. Yeah, I've, t- I've talked about this one before uh, with Chris, and this is the show. It's in its second season right now. It started last year, so we're into you know one season plus another you know two-thirds, three-quarters of a season. This one stars uh, Grant Gustin as Barry Allen, Candace Patton as Iris West, Danielle Panabaker as Caitlin Snow, Carlos Valdez as Cisco Ramon, Tom Cavanaugh, who is fantastic, as Dr. Harrison Wells, Jesse L. Martin, Joe West, 
and a few others of, of lower or less episodes, let's say. Those are the main main group, though. That that group of about six, is it? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is this is again another fantastic show. A lot similar in in tone, I think, to Supergirl. I started to watch this, of course, when it first aired. Uh, really, uh, again, just like uh, Melissa on uh, Supergirl, this show really rides a lot on Grant Gustin's shoulders playing uh, Barry Allen, The Flash. He is really great. He 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 just, there's again, he's, he's funny sometimes. He goofs up a little bit. He gets a little emotional. He's not perfect. But he keeps trying, and he and he also sees the best in people, or tries to, and that that's been been a ongoing theme of the show, where he's you know he's he's always trying to save people, even if they're not necessarily the best of people, and that I think is important and, and a great part about it. And he's got a nice little team. Uh, the good thing I think about these shows and the way they've done it with this, with Supergirl, with Arrow, is the they have not made these these characters out there on their own arrow when it first aired was kind of like that a little bit and slowly they brought in sort of a a team a support team for him and i think it's much more interesting when there's a support team there that you know they can bounce off the main character it it becomes a much more interesting dynamic to show on the um or to do on the uh the series much more interesting storylines and all that plus i also think i i find it completely ridiculous on some things when you're working with people uh, closely, whether you're friends or coworkers, and they don't. And then they also run into your alter ego or the superhero side of you, and and they don't quite. A, you know, you, you basically you can only suspend. To me, you can only suspend that disbelief of how can they not figure out that Barry's the Flash kind of a thing, uh, or or you know that uh, Kara is Supergirl and so forth. So I think Barry's got a bit of an advantage. He has a costume, at least, that covers up his face. He can alter his voice. But Supergirl's pretty tricky because you have that same Supergirl, Superman kind of attitude thing where she just slips on a pair of glasses, maybe lets her hair down more. And uh, and then, oh, yeah, I'm Supergirl. Oh, look, I'm not Supergirl. I'm Kara. But, uh, yeah, so another – this is really great. Uh, again, I think I did a show with this uh, – talking about this show in Arrow with Chris at the end of last season – uh, this first season was just great. A, a show that came out very solid, I think, in the first season and season two has been just as much fun and interesting. They're starting to play with parallel Earths, which is always a cool idea, just like the Mirror Mirror concept in Star Trek. So, yeah, check out The Flash. I, I don't know. I'm assuming you can watch season one somewhere like on Netflix. I, I watch these shows pretty much as they air, so I don't, I don't really know for sure, and I, I'm sure I could look it up, but... I'm sure you guys can as well, uh, but even if you had to buy it, uh, it's well worth it. I'm not every show I'm talking about today is is well worth even purchasing the DVD or Blu-ray sets. No question about that. So, if you're into this kind of stuff, into comics, just into good to fun TV, uh, again, can't say enough good stuff about the Flash. Uh, to to it's it's definitely one of my favorite shows. Uh, Supergirl. Basically, I'm going to go down a list of shows here, and these are the shows that if I couldn't watch anything else, these would be like, they're not necessarily in order completely, although pretty close. I mean, Flash and Supergirl, definitely near the top of my list. So, okay, let's move on to another. My name is Oliver Queen. After five years in hell, I returned home with only one goal, to save my city. But my old approach wasn't enough. I had to become someone else. I had to become something else. I had to become... 
the Green Arrow. All right, so following the superhero or, or uh, comic book heroes uh, tack, uh, we're now into the Arrow show. Of course, the last two Flash and Arrow show on the CW here. This show is in its fourth season. Yeah, fourth season. It stars uh, uh, Stephen ML as Oliver Queen or the Arrow or the Green Arrow. It's The show is just called Arrow because that's the character he started out as. Now he's the Green Arrow. That's a long and complicated story that I won't go into. Uh, we have Katie Cassidy as Laurel Lance, David Ramsey as John Deagle, Willa Holland as Thea Queen, Paul Blackthorne as Quentin Lance, Emily Bett Rickards as Felicity Smoke, who is fantastic, and they're all pretty fantastic. John Berriman as Malcolm Merlin, uh, Colton Haynes shows up as Roy Harper quite a bit at the time, and others. Uh, so this show is is basically the DC character of the Green Arrow on television. Uh, just like The Flash is on TV, like Supergirl. And, uh, you know, he they, they did the origin pretty much like uh, it was done in the comics. He's, he's stranded on an island for, for a while, and then he goes to a few other places. And they, uh, one of the things they've done with this show pretty much since it started and continue to do is they do flashbacks. They will kind of show something from Oliver's missing five years when he was away f- uh, from the city that he grew up in. Uh, to to show sort of somewhat it's connected to the other story that's going on in the main timeline or the current day, uh, but uh, but that's what they do each week. It, it kind of in a way I don't want to really compare it because it doesn't really have much going you know the same, but in a way that, that Lost did a little bit, uh, and it's it's a pretty good technique. Sometimes some episodes have more of it than others, but I, I think it, it works well for the show, and I'm glad they've kept that that thing going. Uh, Stephen Amell, I've seen a couple times uh, at conventions. I've seen him do videos online. He's a super personable guy. Seems super nice to the fans. Seems really appreciative about what he's got here. I I, I can only hope that uh, you know somebody in the movie world. I know they like to keep the movies and the TV side separate, but I already know they've got a new guy cast as the Flash for the film. Uh, so, and it, who's probably, I think they're, they're having quite a few cameos in, in the Superman, Batman or Batman versus Superman. I think the flash is going to show it, you know, for a second and zoom off, but he's a different actor. And I have a feeling if they use green arrow or arrow at some point in the movies, it'd probably be a different actor too. But I think it's ridiculous. This guy, Stephen Amell is, is just perfect for this role. He fits it perfectly. He he is, you know, you believe the physicality stuff that he does. And it's a real interesting show. It's it's a little dark and a little grittier than the others. Uh, there was a big thing in the early seasons, spoiler warning again, where, where Oliver was killing people more. Uh, it was more or less basically trying to clean up the city, get rid of bad guys, and uh, that kind of has gone away now. He also has a support team. He's got Felicity on the tech side. He's got his friend John Diggle, who... Uh, is kind of the, uh, one of his cohorts and muscle a bit. Uh, it's funny in the early episodes he was he was basically hired to be uh, to be uh, Oliver's bodyguard, even though of course Oliver can easily take care of himself for the most part. So uh, yeah, another great thing, a uh, great show. Uh, it um, it's changed a lot. I mean, there, there's there. Uh, this is a show that started off. I think I said earlier where the other characters didn't know so much about what um, Oliver's, you know, what he was up to. And then that that slowly changed over time where others learned about that he was the Arrow. And a lot of other things have gone on since then. 
Very, very good show. Uh, I still enjoy it a lot. I, it's it's just uh, consistently really good. And I think each season they do some interesting stuff. Usually have kind of a main story arc going on with a main kind of bad guy or bad thing happening. And then other stuff comes up as well. So that uh, is, is, you know, between Supergirl and, you know, <laughs> The Flash and Arrow, it, it's a great time to be watching, uh, you know, uh, characters that that are started in comic books on the small screen really we're in the golden age of that for sure it's 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 better than the movies you know when you think about it i mean we get an avengers or a marvel movie i mean maybe one or two a year right now which is great uh, and the same now we're getting into the dc stuff uh but you know you can be watching it in in a couple of weeks or in one week if you watch let's see if you watch um Supergirls, Flash, and Arrow, you've watched, you know, two and a half hours or so of, of great comic book action and adventure. So it, it's really better than the movies. I, I would trade hands down. If somebody said, well, you can never see any more, like, comic book superhero movies or you can't watch any more on TV, there would be no question. Boom, I would Im- immediately say, I'll watch the TV stuff, thank you. It, I'll, I'll, I'll forego the movies. I mean, I love the movies, but, it, you know, just the time of what, what you get. I mean, would they spend couple of years making a comic book type movie for a two and a half hour movie and that's the pace you get that at same thing with star trek i mean you know think about that i mean we're going to get another movie this summer star trek beyond but there's also going to be this new series next uh in 2017 which is you know that is amazing to me and, and fantastic because it's going to be uh i don't know how long the first season will run or whatever but it's going to be a lot more star trek content than just a movie every couple of years so i'm all for television television has gotten to the heights and the level of of super high quality these days i mean it's just basically nearly as good as is is the stuff that happens on the the big screen so uh there's there's nothing the quality is certainly there no question so okay let's move on to another his name is Brian Finch. He's not in our system. He's basically a nobody. A pill will make him a genius. The cognitive enhancements were like nothing you've ever seen. Brian has the potential to be more effective than every agent in this division. Let's make it our resource. The FBI will make him. I'll be his liaison. Their smartest weapon. This isn't a suicide. What are we doing here, Brian? We're going to figure out who really did it. Limitless. New drama. CBS This Fall. Okay, this uh, show is is, is kind of like a cop FBI drama, with, but with a twist, uh, definitely in the sci-fi fantasy realm a bit. It's called Limitless and is based on the 2011 movie with Bradley Cooper about a, basically a pill that enhances your cognitive abilities. Uh, the This uh, TV series uh, on CBS just started this fall. I, I've really been enjoying it. The, the trailer, that a little bit of trailer made it sound fairly serious, but there's a lot of goofiness in this, especially by the main character, Brian Finch, played by Jake McDormand. He is amazing, really great. Uh, I don't know where this guy came from. I don't remember seeing him in anything else, but he, again, makes the show. He's he's just, he has these different little moments when he's on these NZT pills that give him, you know, enhanced uh, brain power, uh, where he's basically, in a way, talking to himself because he he's going over these possibilities in his head and they bring up alter egos of both himself characters he knows on the on the show other characters on the show like uh his handler for in the fbi rebecca harris played by jennifer carpenter who i've known since 
her work on Dexter. She's great here as well. You've got a guy named uh, Spellman Boyle is his name. Boyle is played by Hill Harper. Mary Elizabeth Mastriontio, is that how you say her name? Anyway, she's Nas. She is the FBI uh, in charge person. Uh, there's a guy named Agent Ike and Agent Mike, which Brian dubbed for Mike and Ike. Uh, Tom Deegan plays Ike and Michael James Shaw plays Mike. They're kind of like the guys who uh, take care of, watch over Brian, give him his daily NCT pill. And a few other characters as well. Ron Rifkin, who was an alias, is in the show. He's, he's uh, Brian's father, Dennis Finch, and, and others. Great cast. Uh, it, it's just a fun show. It could have become. It could have became uh, really routine. Uh, you know, Brian gets a pill, solves a case. Brian gets another pill, solves a case. But there's there's some other stuff going on. Even Bradley Cooper is guest starred. He's sort of being forced to sort of work for this Senator Morrow character who's now running for president uh, in, in the show. And uh, there's a lot of other little things going on. So it's it's definitely not a procedural completely. There are some things that happen each week, but they really have a, a good way of keeping the variety there fresh. Like I watched the TV show, the, the cop drama thing, Castle, mostly for Nathan Fillion because he's great in just about anything. But now, and it's about eighth season, it's very, very routine. It's like, okay, there's a murder this week. There's a little other things going on, but uh, but they really fell into a routine uh, with that show seasons ago. I almost stopped watching it after a few, uh, the first three or four seasons, because it's it's very routine. I, all the episodes, to me, for the most part, except some uh, unique ones, blend together. So, uh, But this show, Limitless... Uh, one of the best shows, I think, of the new season, uh, right up there. And, uh, you know, CBS, CW, I mean, they're doing some great stuff. I'm watching a lot of shows on those networks. So, uh, okay, let's move on to another show. What did you see? I had a vision. It was a vision of the future. A future that's going to happen because I broke the rules. The four lands is in grave danger. Cause this. Are you ready to see this through? You need to stay as far away from me as possible. The Shannara Chronicles, new series premieres January 5th, new on MTV and the MTV app. All right, this series is a fantasy show uh, based on the Shannara Chronicles books. Uh, this, uh, this show actually just ended its 10-episode uh, first season. Uh, on It was being shown on MTV which seems a little weird, <laughs> but actually was pretty good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's a beautiful series uh, to look at uh, where it was filmed and everything. Let me run down a little bit on the cast. Uh, there's a guy named, uh, let's see, Will Olmsford uh, is played by Austin Butler. Poppy Drayton plays Amberly. Uh, Ivana Bakiro, I'm probably slaughtering these names. She's a Treya. Uh, Manu Bennett, who was on Arrow, uh, he is Alanon. Uh, we had John Rhys-Davies as Eventine, the king. Uh, who else is of note here? Uh, Aaron Jacobenko. Ah, boy, terrible at these names. Ander. And uh, Brooke Williams is Katiana. Uh, James Remar. James Remar. He was also on Dexter. He's Cephalo. And a bunch of others. Uh, Commander Tilton. Commander Tilton, sorry. Emily Burns. And that, that's probably most of the main cast. It's mostly probably focusing on a lot of Willemsford, Amberly, uh, Atreya, um, those three especially, uh, and a lot on um, Alanon, who's the druid. 
So this is a show about magic, about a future Earth time or world where the old world has been wiped away by by war and it's long, long since dead. Technology is gone. Buildings are destroyed. Little remnants of things are around. But uh, from that evolved uh, basically a fantasy realm, kind of like a Lord of the Rings thing, where you have humans, you have elves primarily, you have dwarves, you have gnomes, you have... Uh, evil kind of orc-like things, although they never use the word orc in the show. Uh, but that's kind of what it's about. Uh, the the show focuses on uh, Amberly and the you know the quest to save this um, this living tree that uh, as it's dying, you know these these evil creatures are being summoned into the world and killing people and causing mayhem and all that. Kind of hard to describe. They basically took pieces of the Shannara. Uh, books and created a, a series around it. It doesn't really follow like the Shannara books to the letter. So if you're looking for that, this probably won't work for you. If you're a real tight, you know, big, big fan of those, they, they kind of took a lot of liberties here. But it, I think they did a nice job with creating a nice little series uh, about it uh, of the four lands and of Shannara and the, the Shannara Stones, which is um, uh, uh, one of the books uh, of the Shannara Chronicles it play a pretty big part in this. So if you like fantasy, there aren't a lot of really what I would call true fantasy shows on the air, uh, like Legend of the Seeker from a few years ago, like the Xena and, Her- Xena and Hercules shows. There are not a lot of uh, these high fantasy type shows. So this is an exception, uh, you know, that, you know, like I said, there's not a lot. So if you want to watch a something like a, a fantasy sword play, horseback riding in a beautiful terrain, uh, give this a shot. I think they did a good job with the first season. Uh, from what I've, uh, what I could tell from the way the season ended, they had a to be continued on the end of it. So I, I think you, you're safe to watch this, and you'll be getting more. It's not one of these shows that is just being dropped like a a la Firefly situation. So if that bothers you, I know some people don't like to watch early seasons of shows because they're always afraid they're going to just get canceled before some kind of conclusion uh, is resolved. So there are things that are sort of resolved in this at the end of the first season, but a lot of stuff's still up in the air. So I'll just say that. So, yeah, if you like fantasy, check it out, The Shannara Chronicles. It'll probably still be rerun. Um, Also, I believe, I think Amazon has it. Amazon Video has it as well. So let's move on to another show. A new day. You're damn right. What if everybody started saying that? Dawson would tremble. <laughs> Everyone's gonna think you're going nuts. They want mass panic. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> the laugh is fabulous. Use that. All right, so there was a little TV spot to season two of Gotham. This is the show that revolves around uh, Gotham City without Batman uh, being in the picture, where Bruce Wayne is a teenager at this point in time. Just a little bit of time has passed since his parents were killed, maybe a year or so. So this show started last season, so we're in season two right now. 
which has kind of been uh, billed as the season of the villains or as the villains rise. Great cast uh, in this show, just like all these shows. I mean, they really the the actors and the cast of these shows really make them. Uh, we have Ben McKenzie, who's probably the lead, I guess you could say. He plays James Gordon, the uh, you know future Commissioner Gordon. He is just a police detective at this point in time. His partner is Harvey Bullock, played by Donald Logue. Uh, we have a young Bruce Wayne played by David Mazos. Uh, Sean Pertwee is Alfred Pennyworth. Robin Lord Taylor is really great as Oswald Cobblepot or the Penguin. Cameron uh, Bacod, let's see, Bacovendova, <laughs> Bacanadova is a young Selena Kyle or future Catwoman. Corey Michael Smith is Edward Nigma. Aaron Richards, Barbara Keene, uh, girlfriend at, at the start of James Gordon who has since gone a little crazy. <laughs> uh, we got Butch, uh, played by Drew Powell, Marina Baccarin, Dr. Leslie Tompkins. The interesting thing about this situation is this show, I, I don't know if this is where they first uh, went out together, but Ben McKenzie and Marina Baccarin, Marina, of course, from uh, Firefly fame, they are now, there are a couple, a couple on the show, and there are a couple in real life and just had a, a baby girl. So that's pretty cool, I think. Uh, Jada Pickett-Smith has been in this show, uh, especially in the first season and some of season two, Fish Mooney. And a bunch of other characters. Michael Chiklis is in this now as Captain Barnes. Uh, just just a great cast again. Uh, so what can I say about this? You know, I've had my ups and downs about Gotham. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying it weird, like the Gotham. I'm saying like that. Uh <laughs> feel like my voice is a little hoarse. Oh, by the way, I didn't say this at the beginning of the show, but I, I've had a rough couple of days here this weekend. I spent most of it trying to fix a, a, a leaking toilet. Uh, can't tell you. Let's see. It took like three different trips to hardware stores and multiple parts, but I think uh, I'm actually recording this late on Sunday because I've been working on this thing all day. I think I finally got it all fixed and back together. So... Uh, I hate plumbing. Uh, out of all the homework, home not homework, like school homework, but of all the home repair stuff, carpentry, electrical, eh, just about anything. Painting, I'm great with, but I just hate plumbing. It's, you're always in awkward places on your downs and your hands and knees, uh, and it's just, you know, every time you think you got it licked, there's another little drip from something. I just hate it. Hate it. I was inches away from calling a plumber and just saying, you just fix it. I don't care. I don't care how much it costs. But, um, all right, sorry about that, about that digression, but I, I am recording this a little later in the day. I'm a little little bit whipped, uh, but hopefully I'm, it's, it's still a, a fun podcast, I think. I think it's fun. I'm enjoying it. It's, it's p- picking up my spirits, that's for sure, after the last few hours. Uh, what else? So Gotham, yeah. Season one, uh, I liked uh, but it's very hard to watch this show to see these uh, uh, characters and, and villains start to do bad things without a lot of, um, like, you've only got the police department, basically. I, I, I don't think there's been one, like, even other attempted superhero to pop up here to try to stop these. I think that might be interesting. Uh, you got some, you know, characters, they're all sort of shades of gray. Even James Gordon, who's always been kind of a Boy Scout, really, in the comics, is doing some questionable things. So um, it's 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 very much a crime story, kind of a Godfather thing, especially in season one. Season two has been a little bit more over the top with these supervillains showing up. Now we have Mr. Freeze showing up. 
and we've had the Penguin. We've seen Catwoman, Riddler. Uh, we haven't really seen the Joker. We saw a guy who was maybe going to be the Joker, but I don't think that really worked out. Uh, so, um, so yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting show. But I was having a lot of hard a hard time a bit this season with with the fact that all these villains were popping up and no way to stop them, and they would just come in like and just wipe out the police department. And then, you know, I don't know where these were they, you know, hey, we just had uh, 20 of our officers killed today. Do you want to join the Gotham Police Department? Yeah, come on. Sure. Sign me up. <laughs> so but uh, I still like the characters. I like the cast. And so I still find this a show that I enjoy watching each week. It's a little tough, though. And I and I think I think it might have been a little better if they hadn't started um so far back in, you know, where Bruce is so young, because he's got years to go to become Batman. I mean, they've done little things where he's tried to learn how to fight a little bit and that, but um, for one thing, the guy playing him, and I think the kid playing him is pretty good, but he he's super skinny, and uh, I guess you could see him if he bulks up a bit, you know, becoming Batman eventually, but um, I don't know. The, uh, the That's been a hard thing to sort of watch, but but the characters are good. You know, Ben McKenzie as James Gordon does a great job. Donald Logue as Harvey Bullock is great. is fantastic. I think it picked up to me when Marina Baccarin came in as Dr. Leslie Tompkins. I think that was a good fit uh, for the show. She seems to do well with this cast. So it's probably a lot of it has to do with the chemistry she obviously has with Ben McKenzie in real life comes through on the screen. There's no question about that. So, uh, yeah, a fun show. Shows uh, It's a Monday night to show on Fox, and I still enjoy it. My name's Daisy. I'm with S.H.I.E.L.D. We're here for your protection. They built a team to defend the world. What is happening to me? Against the very ones they fight to save. We call ourselves Inhumans. But now face a threat. I'm not scared of you. You should be. That is beyond belief. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. premieres Tuesday, September 29th on ABC. All right, so Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Probably should have covered this one earlier when I was doing the comic book stuff. This is, uh, uh, well, actually, I think it's technically called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., at least in IMDb. I don't know. That's always been weird to me where they, it seems like the name is super long, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but uh, whatever the name of it is, it, this is the show. It's, it's in its Currently, it's in its third season. Uh, this show stars um, mainly, I guess you could say, he's the leader of the team, or is the leader of the team, Phil Coulson. Uh, Clark Gregg, who played Phil Coulson uh, in the films and some of the Marvel films. And he leads the S.H.I.E.L.D. group here in this show. And Melinda May, Ming Nawan is uh, plays uh, Melinda, uh, who's a kick-butt, uh, you know, character, flies their plane around, all kinds of stuff. Chloe Bennett is Daisy Sky Johnson. Uh, Leo Fitz is played by Ian DeCastaker. I think that's how you say his name, something like that. Uh, and Elizabeth Henstridge is Gemma Simmons. Uh, Grant Ward is played by Brett Dalton. Uh, Lance Hunter, who came in in, I guess, mainly season two, is played by Nick Blood. We have Adrienne Pilecki is Bobby Morris or Mockingbird. Uh, Henry Simmons is Mac. Uh, Lincoln Campbell is Luke Mitchell, played by Luke Mitchell. And yeah, so this is basically a, a you know a Marvel TV show, and it it's again had its ups and downs. I think some people weren't really all that thrilled with it at first. 
because of, you know, they have these huge Marvel blockbuster films, and then this seems like sort of very, you know, second rate, you know, whatever. Uh, but I, I enjoy it. I think that they've really expanded the show as, as the years have gone on. I think, uh, especially when they got into season two, I think season one was a little rough, but season two, season three, I think have been uh, very good, uh, solid shows. Great cast again here. I, I, I very much enjoy the cast. It, you know, for me, I've said this many, 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 many times on the podcast. For a movie or a television show, I have to like the cast. I have to like the characters. I have to really relate to them. I have to um, sort of feel for them. I could be, you know, bothered if they get hurt or happy if they're happy, you know, that kind of a thing. You, you have to sort of, if you don't like the characters, if you don't like the cast, that's why I, I, I'll i briefly talk about it. I was going to kind of cover it a little bit more, but I, I'll just talk about it now. I was going to talk about Game of Thrones. That's a show that I, I've said a few times I love to hate, but that show has so many characters. The cast is great. I, I, I'll give you that the cast is fantastic, but there's so many characters on that show that are just despicable, terrible. Uh, you know, wor- worse than the worst person you probably ever met in your life. And, and to watch a show with so much like negative energy and, and so many evil, nasty people is, is hard for me. I, I'm just, it's just, it goes against my nature a bit and, and the grain, you know, a little. And, uh, so I have a hard time with that a bit, you know, even if it was 50, 50, but you know, not to give anything away, but everyone probably knows games of throws, sorry, games Game of Thrones uh, is is a show that just loves to get rid of people and kill people off. Another hard show that I'll uh, well maybe I'll talk about that in a few minutes is Walking Dead. Yeah, we'll probably talk about that in a few. But back to Shield. Um, so th- this show, you know, since what happened in the last Captain America movie, Shield has been sort of dismantled. You know, there really isn't an official Shield anymore. They're kind of operating this underground kind of division or or remnants of shield colson is as director of shield and they last season diverged into this plot about inhumans which is marvel's answer to the to mutants because marvel and their movie rights they don't have the rights to talk about and use mutants like the x-men uh so they have inhumans are, are basically the mutants currently of of the uh, marvel universe we'll put it that way so they've created a, a group of characters or group of people now that have powers. You know, they're not, it's not technology. It's not like Iron Man, but these people have powers as, as because it's part of them and part of their body chemistry and so forth. And they were sort of, because of circumstances, kind of activated. So, uh, but if, if you want a, uh, another, a small screen superhero team, uh, and, and this is a, a much more of a, I think, a team show in a way. Well, the other ones like Flash and Supergirl, Supergirl probably not so much. I mean, they're team shows, but there's really one main hero in uh, in that uh, show, in, in Supergirl especially, and in Flash kind of. In Arrow, they've kind of divided up the team pretty well, where they're all fighting quite a bit, or a lot of them are. But but in Shield, in Agents of Shield, we've got some people with power, some people with uh, you know gadgetry, uh, and they all get out there and kind of take part. So uh, I enjoy it. I, I think it's a good show, and uh, I'm I'm glad to have it on the air. And they the cool thing about this show, and I, I'm interested to see what they're going to do to blend into the Captain America movie because they did that uh, with other Marvel movies while well, this this show uh, has been going on, like they did it with the last Captain America movie. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, so that's uh, Agents of Shield. Let me um, 
Let me do another one, I think. Yeah, and then we're going to wrap up, I think, today's show. Detective, what are you looking at? <laughs> Come on, Nick, we have a call. Have you been seeing strange things? Things that you can't explain? We have the ability to see what no one else can. You are one of the last Grimm's. A woman on the way to her grandfather's house never showed up. Lighten up, I'm just making a point. I'm not that kind of big, bad wolf. Come on, let's grab a brew. I heard about you guys all my life. Never thought I'd see one up close. A grim. How long you been at this? You seem kind of new. There's a reason you're a cop. You have an ability. A hiker and a bobcat. The bobcat wasn't wearing boots. This is no fairy tale. The stories are real. You have to hunt down the bad ones. Oh man, this is the part of the horror movie where the sidekick gets it. Grim premieres Friday of Halloween weekend on NBC. So the show Grimm, this, that was a trailer from uh, the first season. It's in its actually fifth season right now, this NBC show. Uh, really great show. Very much enjoy it. it. Basically, it's sort of a fairy tale-ish kind of a show, but, but with monsters. They're the character of Nick Burkhart, played by David Gugionotelli. Something like that. Uh, he's an Italian guy, okay? Uh, he plays Nick Burkhardt, who's a Grimm, who has the ability to see uh, certain people who are a Vesson, who are have some supernatural quality to them. Basically, they can sort of change into a sort of a slightly animal type of creature as well, maybe more of like wolf-like or bird-like or pig-like or, or whatever, but... It usually makes them kind of, in some cases, dangerous and stronger, uh, and and there's a whole community of them around. And, and uh, throughout history, Grimm's were known for killing Vess and killing these uh, people who who were who could transform into these creatures. But he has learned that that's not what he really can or wants to do with them and he's also a police detective which is kind of handy his partner hank griffin played by russell hornsby uh one of his best friends on the show monroe played by who's fantastic uh silas weir mitchell who is on prison break uh captain sean renard is played by sasha Roez. uh bitsy tulik is uh juliet reggie lee uh, is Sergeant Wu, Bree Turner is Rosa Lee, Claire Coffey is Adeline. That's the main cast, I'd say. They just had their 100th, I think it's their 100th episode. Yeah. And uh, this show, each season has had a nice arc to it. Uh, people who become your, were your friends, become your enemies, your enemies become your friends. There's a big mix of things like that. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but it's a sort of a monster, a bit of a monster of the week show. It's sort of got a little X-Files tossed in there to a degree, but there's an arc story going on uh, and really, really good show. I look forward to watching this one every week. And this is, you know, I wanted to cover some newer shows on this podcast today and also some shows that have been around for a bit. There's a bunch of other shows that that I would have covered or talked about, you know, maybe more about Games of Thrones why do I keep doing that? Game of Thrones today. Uh, the Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead, uh, both great shows. Uh, and, uh, you know, I watch Once Upon a Time still. And what else? What else did I want to cover? Oh, The Magicians is a good show on the Sci-Fi Channel. The uh, There are some uh, pretty cool shows these days on Sci-Fi. Uh, there was The Expanse, which just ended, uh, a nice outer space drama. I've talked a little bit about that. So, 
lots and lots of stuff to watch on television. I, I think it's a great time to be a, a fan of TV. I, I still enjoy watching episodes, new episodes each week. I brought a bunch of them on my TiVo. Sorry, on uh, from my TiVo on the airplane. I was able to download from my TiVo to my iPad and watched a bunch on my uh, long trip to China and watched the movies on the plane as well. Watched that Creed movie finally. That was a good movie, boy. Um, but yeah, so I, I hope this podcast has been interesting. I hope you guys have maybe heard a few things about some shows that you've thought about checking out but haven't had a chance to yet. And there's a, there are others. I mean, I still watch The Big Bang Theory. Uh, the, uh, that, that's still great and a lot of fun. I find it at least. Um, yeah, so, uh, so cool. I, I hope, uh, this has been fun. I'm going to take a, uh, I guess I'll take a short break real quick and then I'll come back and, uh, finish off today's show. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command and Conquer and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and auto exec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time, but more importantly we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in The Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block Podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes. Okay, uh, what else did I want to say? Let, let's do some kind of general announcements. You can always support the show over at patreon.com forward slash treksinsci-fi, uh, or via PayPal. You just go to treksinsci-fi.com. There's some links there for donations. Those are always welcome. i got to get working soon on my Phase 2 project of my panel build which will be the upper screen thing uh, pretty soon. I think I'm going to get going on that. Uh, and I wanted to come back and get done with China first. So the, uh, what else? Trexsf at gmail.com. Uh, there are some videos, music videos from conventions and podcasts, vidcasts over at Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O dot com forward slash Trekkie. So upcoming on the show, just next week is all I've got uh, figured out right now, and then I'll, I'll update the schedule soon. But next week, Vartok will be here with a music special talking about the music of Harry Gregson Williams. So that's next week on the podcast. So, hey, uh, again, thanks always for everyone listening each week. Uh, it's very much appreciated. I hope you enjoyed today's quick rundown of some television series and, and TV shows that I like and enjoy watching. Uh, give them a shot. Uh, really great stuff out there. Really fun. I, I could have mentioned a bunch more things. I just realized. I mean, we have uh, we have of course the Netflix series. We have season two of Daredevil coming soon, uh, which I guess is a TV show you could call it, uh, and that'll be great. I'm sure it really looks good with Punisher and Elektra showing up. So it's just too much TV to watch. Really, some some weeks. So. Uh, and I think I should just get out of here, right? Okay, folks, uh, take care. I will talk to you again in a couple of weeks, probably in two weeks. It'll probably be a Trek episode, I would imagine I'll probably be doing. So talk to you at the end of the month. And next week, it'll be Vartok here with that music special. So take care. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness and sci-fi entertainment news. 
This podcast copyright 2008. Rico Dawn.